Today, we're gonna chop it up about eBay comps, how to use them, and how to properly buy and sell cards using that type of data. Thanks for joining us. I'm seeing a lot of content out there about eBay comps. I have some funny jokes, I'm sure many of you do, about comps, if you've been at a convention. Hey, how much are you selling that for? Well, the last comp was 983, and you know the comp before that was 1350, and you know in between, I, was, I saw another comp, but I don't know if it was the right comp. And so a lot of usage of the word comp, however, we wanna talk about what it actually means. When you're talking about what a card is actually worth and you're going to utilize eBay to try to figure out what that value is, eBay's great because the data that you're gonna get is free. And if you go to psacard.com, they have a free auction database as well. And then there's paid places to go get data, like sports card investor, like vintage card prices, like card ladder. And these are all wonderful places. But we're not going to talk about the paid services today. I just wanted to make sure everyone understood that there are options. But just because it's free doesn't mean that it's no good or it's not useful. So when it comes to this eBay comp world and how to use it properly, well, there's definitely some misconceptions in regards to how to utilize it. And I think that the first thing to do is let's take a step back. Just try to be real. So I don't even have, I have my notes here, but let's just talk about it, right? So if some guy has a card for six grand and it's readily available, let's just say it's a Jordan rookie. And you can look on eBay, the card's listed anywhere from 58 to 62 hunch. And basically the guy's telling you, you want six grand or he wants six grand for the card. And in terms of what they're selling for at auction, completed auctions on eBay, they're actually going for, let's say, 5500 So would you be out of line to say to him, hey, you know, you haven't marked at six grand, but could you do any better? And so they might say to you, sure, I might be able to do better. Or they might say to you, the last comp was six grand. However, if you want to do this right and you want to execute and you want to complete the transaction, this is how I would do it. Oh, hey, it's a really nice Jordan rookie you have. Um, what's your best price on it? Or do you have any flexibility? And they might say, I have it marked at six grand and it's 5,800. And meanwhile, you know that when it comes to the data that you're finding, like I said, on eBay completed auctions or on PSA card or some of these other wonderful places to pay for your data, you're seeing 5,500. Here's the thing. We've talked about this in prior episodes of Trading Card Therapy. Respect the fucking game. All right, the guy doesn't need a history lesson about the thing sold for 5,500 across many different sales over the last 90 days. You could just say to him, hey, you have it at, you told me 58, do you feel comfortable taking 5,500 cash for it? A lot of people will decide to do business with you or not if they simply like you. And if you go to them and you're arrogant and you're like a know-it-all and you're better than them, even if you're right, you're gonna be wrong. You're not gonna get the card that you want, that you covet. So cut out the shit, cut out the crap. Meaning, if you think that the argument is important for you to get the card for the price that you want, well then by all means, jump into the deep end of the fucking pool, right? But at the end of the day, comps are changing all the time. So comps aren't the end all be all. It's also the market trends and what's available. 
And who's better to tell you than the doctor because I'm living, breathing, and eating that shit on the front line seven days a week for my company's Just Collect and Vintage Breaks, all right? So buying on eBay is not the only place. You can buy at card shows. You can buy on Facebook. You can buy at auction houses like Heritage, REA, and Golden. And by the way, I accidentally um, texted JP Cullen from Memory Lane today, so I don't want to leave out Memory Lane. There's a lot of amazing auction houses out there. Full transparency, my buddy Ryan Friedman owns Auction Report. Check out the dozens of them over there. Do yourself a solid. You'll see amazing stuff for sale. But getting back to center and talking about comps, people are buying and selling cards because they enjoy it. Some of them also want to make money. Some of them also want to invest. And some of them have some other reasons to be named later that we don't actually know. But my point is, the more pleasurable you make the experience for both sides, the more likely that you're going to win and that they're going to win, they being whoever that you're going to be dealing with. Oh, and you know what's great about if you end up going to a card show or you try to make a deal on eBay and you don't get the card of your dreams or you don't get the card that you want for that price that you're trying to get it for? Well, then guess what? That data is going to end up assisting you and helping you bring home that card from another platform. So maybe it's only alt, maybe it's eBay fixed price, but you're gonna know when you see, which I mentioned a few weeks ago, that 1921 exhibit Babe Ruth, which I never thought I would buy, but I knew because of all the work and the experience that I have buying and selling 21 exhibit Ruths, that I had to buy it. And that's where the money's made, don't forget that. So I'm reading about, or I'm hearing about when it comes to comps, Excellent point when it comes to what's available. So we spent the first few minutes of today's episode focusing on what the cards have actually sold for. But let's say it's something maybe a little bit more rare than a Michael Jordan rookie, 1986 Fleer. Let's say it's a tough-to-find insert, it's a high-grade vintage card, or for that matter, a T206 with a tougher back. So you're no longer just talking about comps, you're talking about cards that are available for sale. So this is another reason why you should get out there and hit the road and go to your LCSs, your local card shops and support them or your card shows, which I was out at on Sunday in Secaucus, New Jersey. Shout out to my buddy Greg and his son James. We had a blast buying Pokemon and had a great time walking around the show. So with so many places to acquire your cards, don't make enemies. You don't need to walk around as a history teacher explaining to people that the comp over here was this. By the way, everyone knows what you're doing. If you're being manipulative and you don't mention a comp from another place, chances are the person who owns the card knows exactly what they fucking have. So respect the game. Just say to them, I'm either looking for if you have any flexibility. That's a great line that I love to use. Or, you know, and you want to be more direct, What's your bottom line? But I hate that. I'd rather just say to them, do you have any flexibility? Or can I check out the card? And you look at it in person and you give it back to them and they and they say to you, hey, would you like it? Well, I like it, but I'm looking for something with a little bit better of an eye appeal. And if you're talking about vintage in particular. And then let them say to you, well, you know what? You're right. That is an off-centered, slightly off-centered version of that in an eight. I can actually discount it. So by being educated in the space, there's so much that you can do to help your cause other than saying to someone, hey, you know what the comp was? Uh, yeah, the comp was, uh, the comp was this and the comp was that. No one wants to hear about it 
Just be prepared with your data and then execute. You can make your deals and everyone will be better off for it. So there's also this like, hey, is it yin or yang? Is it black or white when it comes to eBay fees? So for example, let's go back to the more commoditized card. And I know a Jordan Rookie is a great card, but it is fairly commoditized in that it's easy to find for sale. But I want to make sure that people understand that not every graded card is equal. So this is especially true in the vintage world. But as I've been diving more into the modern world, and you can see some of my acquisitions on my Instagram page, Layton underscore Sheldon, to see my 2018 black optic fast break one of one Giannis that I purchased at the Philly show. So when it comes to, for example, I'm shopping for a Tom Brady Bowman Chrome rookie. Well, guess what? I've seen some PSA nines right now and not all the centering is the same. So I don't judge you if you want to treat all the PSA nine Bowman Chrome Tom Brady rookies the same, but don't judge me if I want to try to buy the best centered version of a Tom Brady Bowman Chrome rookie and a nine for myself for either as investment, collectability, short-term flip, whatever the case is, I don't judge, but I respect the game and I'm very educated in the space. So I appeal is crucial when it comes to understanding comps and value. So when is it a little bit less important I would say if you have a $150 modern prism basketball PSA 10 rookie, frankly, if an RJ Barrett is slightly better centered on one versus the other, I don't give a shit, but I don't judge if you care because I know I'm insane. I sent my buddy double E Eddie last night at midnight because I was working, trying to catch up with stuff. I had three 1956 tops cards come in and you want to talk about comp? I have no idea what the comp is. I didn't try to explain that to Eddie. He is trying to upgrade his 56 top set. So you know what we did? I shared with him the images of three cards. He said to me late, do you think the two SGCs will cross over to PSA? That's going to be a whole other trading card therapy future episode. But my point is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I explained to him that Willie Mays four and a half, very well centered, but the corners were sharper on the Ted Williams and the Clemente second year's SGC four and a half. And we'll post these on our trading card therapy um, Instagram account. So please follow us. And if you're enjoying today's content, please drop a like and give us some feedback about your feelings on eBay comps. As you can see, comps are very difficult to pin down and don't make yourself crazy doing so. Just figure out what you're using it for. If you're using it to be self-serving for yourself to get the best deal, then just call it for what it is. But if you're being transparent, well then share that information with the individual or the company that you're dealing with and negotiating with and let them know what you found respectfully and tactfully and then everyone will, everyone will win in the end. One of the last things I wanted to discuss because this is one of those big topics out there which everyone that I can see from blowout forums to Net54 to every other message board um, out there has an opinion on eBay shill bidding and manipulation. And as I was telling the staff before um, I went live uh, today, I certainly have heard of it. I myself have never participated in it. I can honestly tell you I have no fucking idea if it exists because I don't talk to people about it. They don't brag to me and say, by the way, I just bid up an item in a recent auction and I'm really proud of myself. 
And so for all of those that are saying out there that eBay and there's this bidding uh, manipulation and shill bidding, it very well may be the case. But do yourself a favor, drown out the noise. And if there's an anomaly in the data, treat it as such. Don't worry about why. And just don't worry about that outlier, whether it be really overpriced or really underpriced. And what you're going to start to find is when you drill down to the vintage level, it has to do with more eye appeal. And on the modern side of things, it may have to do with eye appeal. As we talked about, not every Tom Brady Bowman Chrome rookie is center the same. And that's a card that's multi-thousands of dollars and very hot right now in the space. That's my hot take today on eBay comps and you know, it being just a small piece of the data pie, you know, understand that you can go to the card shows, you can go to local card shops, and there's, you know, lots of transaction happening in Facebook groups. No one's logging those sales anywhere. So when people or collectors or dealers, investors try to tell you it's worth this because of an eBay comp, you don't have to get upset with them. Just know inside that you have more information than that out there at your fingertips. And if you want to utilize it, by all means, please go ahead and do that. You'll be much better off for it. And if the other side will uh, as well, everyone's going to come out victorious and be happier, much less friction than transactions. And hopefully you will get that card that you really covet. There was um, a reason to talk about worlds colliding today. And that's a reference for those of you who are not Seinfeld aficionados and big fans of the show. Uh, the sitcom that ran for I don't know how many years. There's a show, an episode called Worlds Collide. And it's when George has George Casanza has a lot of problems. And, you know, certainly I'm not spoiling anything as the episode's been out forever. But it seems like there's a lot going on with the world of Pokemon and how its worlds of, are colliding with sports and grading. And then this actual past weekend, there was a huge collision because there was a big event that went down in the Pokemon world, I guess, to celebrate a new release. And I forgot the content creator's name, but this particular individual is a, I, I, I believe, someone who's passionate and a lover of, <laughs> you're killing independent George. There's lots of fun stuff going on in the Pokemon space. And I believe one of the, you know, well-known and liked uh, content creators was offering a really fun break uh, called Unlisted Leaf. He has a couple million subs on, I guess, probably Instagram. That's his platform, uh, YouTube, excuse me. And just offered a break this past weekend, which from the macro view seemed really cool. You were going to get some packs of the new stuff. He was going to offer a signed card from him, which, hey, to me, does that do anything? No, I have no idea who the guy was until about a day ago. However, you know, it's kind of like meeting your favorite ball player, like Donnie Baseball or, you know, whoever it was for you growing up, it's a big thrill. And my son Crosby is six years old, and he certainly is very well aware of who Ryan's world is. And if he saw Ryan on the street, I would imagine he'd like to meet him. And so, you know, when you do those kinds of things, uh, you know, you have a certain allegiance to your audience, not financially, I mean, just in terms of, you know, if you have a passion for that particular space and in that space, you know, he's very passionate about Pokemon cards. There was a break that was supposed to go down in regards to these new packs being opened. And as part of that experience, he was going to initially maybe open them for, for the audience. Um, but then it was a lot of packs and um, then it was, Hey, I'm going to be there to comment and celebrate with you guys and gals about pulling all these big, great breaks. And then, 
PSA was going to grade a lot of cards. And then there was fine print that said they were only a grade 20 and there was a lot of duplication. And so a lot of confusion. And then I guess one of the toppers was, Hey, he was going to sign a card for you. But when everyone thought it was gonna be like this intimate thing, it felt very much of a Willy Wonka, you know, style scene from that movie of just like a lot of things happening at once, but you're not exactly sure. And, you know, realize that there's, and and this is something I didn't uh, know until recently, but there may be a lot of kids like Crosby that are from either, I guess, six to, let's just call it 15 years old, that are really into the Pokemon space, that their, their, you know, parents or their loved ones that are older were kind enough to let them to buy into a break like that. And so um, someone shared with me that content and said, wow, did you hear about this crazy thing going on with the Leaf, the enlisted Leaf guy? Um, And when I learned about it, first, for anyone who's out there uh, who's disappointed, young or old, that sucks. I'm sorry that you'd be disappointed with a break of that magnitude and you thought you were going to just have a little piece of history because we all know what it's like when you think you're going to be going to a ball game right? And then last minute it rains out or your mom or dad isn't feeling well and cousin Jimmy lives too far away to take you and you don't get to go, except this was virtual. And so to hear about just, listen, no reason to go into specifics, but how it could have maybe been pulled off better and look better to the, to the real Pokemoners who give a shit and might be here in another 25 years, you know, my thoughts go out to those folks. And so, you know, hopefully Unlisted Leaf will be able to remedy the situation and, and make, you know, the, the, I think it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of fans happy, you know, about the, you know, mismanagement, if you will, of, of how the event, how did the event, um, you know, went down, you know, I would say myself, uh, if I'm ever in a position and I've joked about this for a number of years as a kid and as a young adult, and I guess I'm getting older now that if I'm ever in a position to sign my name as an autograph for anything, you know, meaning for, for money, for the ability to connect with my audience, whether it be for vintage breaks, just collect trading card therapy, many other things that I do in the hobby space, I would be honored to sign stuff and to give it away. And so to have it be in, um, I guess more of like, it felt like a no frills, uh, not as much TLC was there that could have been there. I could really see why, you know, if Crosby and, and others like him were pumped for the break, how, well, that might have pumped the brakes on their happiness that came out of the event. But listen, you still got some cards. Hopefully everyone's going to get that autograph card, you know, that they really coveted. But I wanted to bring this up because this happened a couple years ago. And I hope this doesn't happen, you know, in this event because, you know, we've done celebrity breaks here and I've been fortunate enough and lucky enough to handle some of those with the likes of Pete Rose and Emmett Smith, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and Gary V. And so I could only imagine that if I told those folks that I was going to open packs with them, and then, for example, I don't know, I sent my neighbor, or, you know, I sent a buddy of mine. You could imagine that those people that I established a relationship with, they might be disappointed. Well, now imagine that there's hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of fans, and that they're kids, or a lot of them are kids. So I could see how that, you know, could be upsetting. And so in this case, you know, it wasn't really a kid, but, you know, uh, my amazing wife, Julie, bought me, uh, I think it was a birthday present, and Steiner Sports, which I don't know is any longer around or certainly not in the same capacity, but they had a Don Mattingly experience that they were selling. Let's just say he got to shake his hand, throw a baseball, eat a hot dog with him, right? And then slap him five and, and you know, he'll uh, sign a baseball for you kind of thing. And let's just say it was four hunch. So first time it gets canceled, second time it gets canceled, 
Third time, I'm like getting depressed. Fourth time, I'm now yelling at my wife. Fifth time, my wife, who, by the way, is an attorney, is now yelling at Steiner. Sixth time, I'm like, honey, this is just not happening. You know, you tried really hard. I love you. Just get the money back. We'll, we'll buy something else. You know, we'll save it, whatever. Not, no biggie. So she goes to get her money back, okay? And Steiner says, well, ma'am, that, you know, that event, we're now giving, uh, making it up, a Paul O'Neill signed plaque in place of the Don Mattingly experience. And so my wife says, oh, that's okay. I don't want the Paul O'Neill item. I want the Don Mattingly experience. And so they say to her, well, ma'am, I know that you bought that, but we don't have that. She says, no problem. I just want you to, to refund it. And they say, listen, we can't do that. You didn't read the fine print. And she said, you see the fine print in this thing? It's eight pages long. I got to read the fine print. So when it comes down to it, for a few hundred bucks, they basically gave her a Don Mattingly baseball. And it was more than a few hundred, like 400 and change. And some Paul O'Neill item that we didn't want, we ended up giving the Paul O'Neill item away. We never bought anything from Steiner again. So this is the point. As soon as people can come in with their money, with their enthusiasm, with their passion, it can just as quickly be gone and taken away from an experience that is lackluster, that is lacking empathy, that is lacking TLC. People are just that. We're all human. We do want a deal, but we want value and we want to feel like we matter. So with that, we are going to give away as our last order of business, our winner in our ninth episode of Trading Card Therapy. We told you on the seventh one, we ran a promotion on Instagram. For those of you who are not following us, please do. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us the thumbs up. Wherever you're watching this, YouTube, Instagram, if you're going to listen to it on your favorite podcast, if you're digging it, hit me up, latenatjustcollect.com. Love to talk about what is up your hobby alley on a future episode. So today's winner is C Blaze 004. And we are giving you a free spot in our Vintage Breaks 1951 Bowman Mickey Mantle PSA 2. You will have a chance to get that in our set break, which is available right now at vintagebreaks.com. Your spot, which is usually 175 bucks, is free, courtesy of Vintage Breaks, Just Collect, and Otia Sports. Seablaze004, we will contact you. That is it for today's episode. I'm your host, The Doctor. Leighton Sheldon, Episode 9. Thanks for tuning in.